0: another edition of the phnx d podcast right on phnx my name is derek montia of course i am the mayor of phnx this is the vice mayor also known as thunder stick jesse friedman jesse cubs made a big signing yesterday somebody who we were quite interested in and of course anytime a national league team gets better we have to wonder how is that going to impact us sure. what is that going to do to me how is that going to make me feel is this going to make me feel sad um and i think Uh, that Shota Imanaga might end up being one of those guys that we have a little remorse about missing out on. I think he's going to be a special pitcher in this league and uh, kudos to the Cubs for adding him to their roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really just here to talk about your feelings, Derek, about, you know, how, okay. you're, how you're doing emotionally in light of not the great. signing. That the, it's not that great, the but that's, that's
0: <laughs> most days. I mean, most days I'm not
1: great. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm emotionally stable right now is the best that okay. I could say. Right. Not happy. The Diamondbacks have Eduardo Rodriguez, so that's helping I'm you. I'm still okay with, with
0: that. This. I'm still riding high on the World Series appearance for sure. But uh, much like a lot of Diamondbacks fans, I'm irrationally uh Panicked about adding more to this team, even though we made it as far as we did when I see other teams adding these players and especially with how slow free agency has moved. uh, I get I get a little antsy. Uh, I'm still I'm still waiting for the JD Martinez announcement, but uh, (laughs) we do know we talked yesterday about if the Diamondbacks would add some more arms and how they kind of are in a position right now where they don't really need to add any more starting pitching. But man. Would have been nice to add uh, someone of you know uh, with these statistics from from 2023.
1: Yeah, I I'm amazed at the price tag, uh, which which is not official. We haven't gotten any uh, any official news on this yet. It seems a little bit more speculative right now. But John Heyman did say that uh, he has heard that the guarantee here is around two years and thirty million dollars, which feels pretty light. I mean, in terms of a guarantee. Uh, to a guy I mean I think there were reports recently that the that the contract for Imanaga could go north of a hundred million dollars. Yeah, so yeah, if that indeed proves to be the case that the Cubs are only guaranteeing him two years and thirty million dollars, Uh, That feels like a pretty big win for the Cubs and a miss Um, by everyone else. Potentially. Yeah, I I, apparently it's very complicated and there's like cascading player and team options that could bring the total uh, the total dollar value up to around 80 million. At least that's what John Heyman mentioned. We'll see what the where those numbers wind up when all is said and done. But yeah, at first glance, if those numbers do prove to be true. That's a much lower price tag than, than I anticipated for Imanaga for sure.
0: It's the type of thing that we thought we would see with some of these international players because of the uh, unknown there, right? The fact that you don't know how they're going to acclimate to the Major League Baseball and if they're going to be nearly as effective as they were in either sure. Korea or Japan coming over and pitching here in the United States. That actually makes a lot more sense than some of the other deals. Like, you know, Obviously, we know Yamamoto is a very good player, right? But again... to to give him the contract that he received did seem like they were very confident that he was going to be able to make that, you know, to adapt to, to the United States and playing for major league baseball. And I just, I have a hard time saying that about any player, no matter how good they were in the league that they were from. That's the job of a sports franchise though, to to decide when they want to take, you know, take that leap, you know, of faith essentially on a player and and give them money when they haven't really proven themselves to be worth that dollar amount right Imanaga uh, based on what he did uh, he I, I mean I would say that he's confidently worth more than the deal that you just said if he can achieve that those same numbers here in the United States.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you necessarily project that right coming over from Japan. Nope. Japan kind of has this reputation as being somewhere between AAA and the majors in terms of competition level. But yeah, he was really good in Japan this past season at 280 ERA, a 105 whip, uh, a strikeout rate of just under 30 percent, a walk rate of 4 percent. Uh, we talked about this a while back when we were thinking about Imanaga as a potential candidate for the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. His strikeout rate was higher than Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and his sure. walk rate was lower than Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, so, you know, you figure Yamamoto gets $325 million. You're able to get this guy for, you know, a guarantee of, of $30 million. <laughs> That's I mean percent of it. Yeah, that feels like you're in a you're in a a pretty good spot. But at the same time, you know, Imanaga is thirty years old. He's not twenty five. Yeah, he's
0: much much not much older. The coming is, from me. I should never say much older when it's five years, but yeah. He, he is he, considerably,
1: older, considerably than older than Yamamoto yeah. in baseball years. Five years is a lot. Thank you for putting it in like dog years <laughs> terms. I appreciate that. You're still young, Derek. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. In baseball years, you're old, but you're still young for the rest of us. I'm going to uh, clip that
0: Keep it just for me. I'm not putting on social. That's just for me. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Imanaga's game translates. The yeah. strikeout and walk numbers are very good. The stuff on paper is very good there's been uh, a lot of reporting done about this of out of every pitcher who pitched in the world baseball classic Imanaga had the highest stuff plus uh which if you haven't heard of stuff plus it's like this number that i think Eno saris and some other uh baseball nerds came up with that uh is basically just scaled to 100 so 100 is average anything above that Um, Would be above average anything below that would be below average and uh, yeah, Imanaga his stuff really shined in in uh, the world baseball classic His fastball has an extreme amount of vertical ride more ride than apparently any forcing fastball of any pitcher in Major League Baseball Uh, And he also throws from a really low arm slot. He's he's a short pitcher Uh, so I guess I should say his release point is very low as a result of that uh, which tends to make that that upward ride a little bit more effective. So there are some some things to like about this arsenal and to believe that it, it really could translate to the majors.
0: In eight career seasons, he has a sub three ERA. So in his career, he has a two point nine six ERA. Um, and again, these aren't th- these aren't terrible numbers. Like like you said, there is some adjustment, right? Like you're he's not gonna probably not gonna put up the same numbers here uh, in Major League Baseball as he did in in the MPB. But right. I still feel like if you get if you get a a 3.5 ERA out of him, like, that's a win if you're paying him. That would be a huge win. You know what I mean? If you're paying him $30 million over two seasons, then that's that right there, you know, obviously makes it, um, you know, a no-brainer for any team. And I I guess I'm a little jealous, again, seeing that that deal and thinking, like, I know the Diamondbacks have options. I know they didn't need to go out and get another starting pitcher. But if there was a guy to take a chance on, this seemed like, type of player that you would take a chance on
1: yeah i mean it's really interesting it seems like there's a it seems like imanaga is kind of a polarizing player uh there's there's this this big stuff uh element where people are looking at the fastball metrics they're looking at you know the movement on the splitter and the slider and they're Mm -hmm. like man this guy has three plus pitches not that many major league pitchers have three plus pitches and yeah there's also this narrative which i think has been the predominant narrative Uh, which is that Imanaga is a number four or five starter. He is a back-end guy. Uh, and so it's hard, it's a little hard for me to reconcile those two viewpoints because they don't really line up. There aren't a whole lot of number five starters floating around, you know, who have more vertical ride on their fastball than anyone else in baseball and have like a plus splitter and a plus, like, it's hard for me to square those things. The, the big downside for Imanaga, the thing that he struggled with the most in Japan was giving up home runs. Uh, he gave up 17 home runs in 148 innings, uh, this past season, which is not a ton, uh, by Major League Baseball standards, but it's a Jap- lot per NPB standards. Yeah, right? by there's NPB not a lot standards, yeah, not as it's more of a contact oriented league. Not as many guys hit homers. Uh, Yamamoto, for reference, gave up two home runs all season. <laughs> uh, which you're not holding him that to that standard, but 17 by by Japanese standards is yeah. a lot. And I think there's this sense that coming over to the big leagues, uh, you know, he might strike out a lot of guys. He might walk not that many guys, but he might give up enough homers that you know pushes him from being a number two three starter to, to more of a more of a back-end guy
0: uh, if you could scroll back there Damon I think it was Castle uh, Freeland there said Imanaga will put up impressive strikeout and walk numbers but when he gets hit he gets it hard um, yeah I, I definitely see that in the numbers to back that up and again that's still obviously something that's interesting how it adapts how his stuff and how that that good stuff that he has adapts to Major League Baseball and if that's going to Result in him getting hit equally as hard here or yeah, if, if it plays differently There's also the idea that it feels like the world baseball classic had a huge impact here on These international players being able to be seen especially on a team like Japan that was such a good they baseball had, team collectively. They had some success. Yeah, they won, the, they whole won the whole damn thing, thing right <laughs> and then you look at the players on that team and it just allows you it, it's it's again, it's the importance of all of these exhibitions and anything where Players who might not normally be seen by major league front offices and scouts and things like that get a chance to be seen. Obviously, scouts look everywhere, but sometimes it's just about being on a stage like the World Baseball Classic to get some of
1: those players, you know, and and, and their stuff in front of everybody's yeah. eyes. I think uh, Kenta Maeda stands out to me as an interesting comp here. Um, I I don't think that Imanaga will have the durability issues that Maeda has had. I certainly hope not. Maeda has been through it over the years, had a hard time staying healthy. Uh, But we talked about Maeda as a potential target for the Diamondbacks way back when, before he signed with the Tigers. And his strikeout and walk numbers were really impressive. He had a 27.3% strikeout rate, a 6.5% walk rate this past season, those are both really, really good numbers. But at the same time, Maeda is not a number one or number two starter, right? Maeda is more of a back-end guy. And for him, a big reason for that is that he does give up a lot of home runs. Maeda was like 1.7 home runs per nine or something like that this past year. So I think something like a Kenta Maeda who is more durable and gives you more innings, I think that's a reasonable expectation. But yeah, I'm I'm still intrigued here. I, I don't know if I fully buy into the the number four uh, starter uh, expectation that, that a lot of people seem to have. It seems like there's some potential for more than that. And given these contract numbers, I mean, that would be a, a huge win, as we said earlier, for the Cubs.
0: Well, there is still some more free agents out there on the market. Not sure if you're aware of that, but things are still moving slowly. The New York Yankees have emerged as yet another front runner for another uh, top free agent in Marcus Stroman. But we got to ask if, like, are the Yankees going to close the deal? I mean, I know they got Juan Soto, and I know they've made a couple of moves, but it seems right now like the Yankees are the opposite of the Dodgers the Yankees are connected to <laughs> what like, is what does that mean they're like the, they're they're the big franchise that's like connected to every free agent player and they're sure. getting none of them
1: I mean well that's what the Dodgers have kind of been in the past well, right yeah, like but the, Dodgers the Dodgers are always connected they're just to quietly in
0: the agent. shadows and then it's like <laughs> oh yeah the Dodgers are also in on this guy and then yeah it's like the Dodgers signed him sure know? that's yeah. what this free agency period has felt like for sure Uh we know the Dodgers are looming over everybody but the Yankees really um I, I don't know Like uh, there were reports that Stroman wanted to go to the Yankees, but the Yankees didn't want him.
1: Yeah, which know, I guess now is not the case anymore. I I don't know. I don't know what to make of I mean, of that.
0: when when you start <laughs> when when you start putting how players dress and and what they do and how big their sideburns are impact, you know, the amount of, you know, talent that you put on your team? I just have to ask that about the Yankees. Stop <laughs> making everybody shave their faces and maybe you'll get some quality players. I don't know what to tell you, but I wouldn't sign with them. I'm not shaving. I'm, well, I don't know. I looked pretty good with the mustache. I might I might. Do that. Um, <laughs> You'd but
1: be an ideal fit. I kind of would.
0: I you, you going to look at those pictures. But, like, like, this he looks is like our guy. Top. Sign him. Yeah. <laughs> Sign him.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Walls. What's that? You and Austin Wells. Yeah. And, well, yeah. hey,
0: pal, you too.
2: Watch it. Do you remember the the good old days when Sean in the summer would be screaming? out here on on the recliners. I miss Sean so much. Just so mad about Austin Wells' mustache.
0: I miss Sean screaming is what I should say. I just miss Sean being in this building and yelling about cheese shops and talking about the atrocities of (laughs) you know bands. I guess I don't know, Uh, but the Arizona Diamondbacks, of course. Again, I'm I'm jealous. I want more players to sign, or I want them to at least make some moves, some trades. Uh, to continue improving this team. And I don't even know if they need to. I'm just I'm just now I'm I, I, I just want to add more. The more the Dodgers add, the more some of these other teams add, I want the Diamondbacks to do the same. Uh Jesse had actually a pretty good idea of someone who maybe they should trade for.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is my idea. I yeah, had to pin, put him out pin on it on, <laughs> pin it on me. Uh, well according
0: to reports, the Boston Red Sox have been looking uh, to move a player, they have received trade interest in uh, Ma- Masataka Yoshida and seem open to reworking their outfield and potentially trading him. So we basically wanted to explore if that would be a good option for the Diamondbacks. We know yeah. he's a very good player offensively. However, defensively,
1: not so much. Not so much. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I don't know if I would frame it as the Red Sox are looking to trade Yoshida as much as just like People have called on. Yeah, they've gotten some interest sure. and the Red Sox are in kind of a bizarre place as a franchise right now where nobody nobody really knows uh, exactly what their what their long term plan is. There's a lot of questions there moving forward. But yeah, if we look at uh, Masataki Yoshida, his numbers from the 2023 season, as you said, offensively, uh, there's a lot to like here, right? A 289 average, a 335 on base, 445 slugging percentage, uh, 15 homers, 72 RBI, 0.6. Uh, wins above replacement um, and he only struck out 14% of the time Yoshida makes a ton of contact uh, the bat to ball skill is is absolutely there that's something that people you know expected to translate when he came over to the majors last year and it, it certainly did um, but yeah as you said the there are some real defensive limitations here he played 87 games in left field in 2023 and he had minus four defensive runs saved, minus eight OAA. Yikes. And if you're wondering how a guy can put up this good of offensive numbers and have uh, 0. Below, yeah, 0. <laughs> 0.6 wins above replacement on Fangraphs, that's why it's it's using those stat cast uh, defensive metrics, which were extremely poor for Yoshida in 2023.
0: So what would be the option here? Just more of a DH as far as actually having him play yeah. in the outfield?
1: Yeah, you don't I mean, maybe he'd get a few reps in the diamondbacks outfield. Uh, but yeah, he would be a he would be in my mind a a potential DH option for them. Uh someone who can hit both righties and lefties. There are there is a decent split there, but he still hit two seventy three, three forty seven, three ninety eight against lefties uh, as a left-handed hitter, so he can certainly hold his own against both. Uh, the big hurdle here is his contract. Yeah. Uh, he signed a five-year, $90 million contract last year with the Red Sox. Uh, there's now four years and $72 million remaining on that deal. It's $18 million per season. You know, J.D. Martinez would probably be about $18 million per season. I, I guess maybe there's some world where the Diamondbacks could spend that kind of money, uh, but Yoshida is not worth that frankly uh given the defensive limitations that he showed in 2023 uh the red sox would have to eat money in order to get any kind of value in return for yoshida at this point um so yeah maybe if this maybe if the red sox brought it down to like 10 million a year that the diamondbacks would owe you know that would maybe work financially for the d-backs um, whether the D-backs would want Yoshida for four seasons I guess is another question here I'm not sure you want to lock in a DH that many years down the road we had this conversation about Ketel Marte just just the other day you know do you want a shorter term DH so that you have the opportunity to move him over there if you if you see the need um so yeah th- there's a lot more going against this than going for it if I'm if I'm being totally honest yeah. but uh there's at least some some elements that would make sense it doesn't match the time, either timeline really
0: because I- I feel sure. like what you're looking for in, is is a younger guy, not somebody that's 30 years old, and that is going to be a part of the core, essentially, with Gabby Moreno, with Corbin Carroll, with Alec Thomas, those guys that are going to be here. Then you have the shorter time frame, which is essentially like the starting pitcher clock, you know, the the Zach Gallon, Merrill Kelly years that we have left. And I feel like right now, the main thing you really want to address is that period of time with shorter term deal two years you know at at the most with a player just because after those guys potentially are no longer part of the team there there not might not be a rebuild that is needed but you don't want to necessarily commit to parts like long term like that 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 might still be around I mean I I don't know the direction they're going to go I don't know what's going to happen with Zach Gowan. and I know we're going to talk about uh, the MLB network ranking him very yeah, highly, which yes. definitely does not help our case to bring him back but i do I do feel very much like you want to do everything you can to kind of have especially players that you're acquiring right now match up with you know with the timeline a little bit better like Eduardo Rodriguez, sure. Uh, I, that's fine, I,
1: I think. And that at least... You'd we'll, like to have one starting pitcher locked in yes, beyond 2025. 2025. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it would just, Not everything has to end yeah. in 2025. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the timeline here with Yoshida, the four years, I, I don't think that makes a ton of sense for the D-backs. Uh, Connor Mormon said in the chat for $18 million, Per year, give me JD for two years plus no assets given up. Absolutely. There it is. Um, I, I do think, kind of like I said earlier, if this trade did happen, which I don't expect it to, but if it did, it would be the Red Sox eating probably a decent chunk of money here. The D-Bucks, there's, there's no scenario where they would trade for Yoshida and pay all that contract. It would be, you know, nine or $10 million a year, maybe. And even then, I don't think you're giving up huge assets because. Again, Yoshida was worth 0.6 war this past yeah. season. Uh, you know, if you're paying him 9 or $10 million a year, you're probably not, you probably shouldn't be giving up really much more than that in a trade. Um, but the projections for Yoshida moving forward are are pretty good. Yeah. Um, Steamer
0: and Zips both like the direction. Yes. And they both have him around two wins above replacement at 1.9. Yeah. Uh, now, is that a reflection of him playing less defense? Or is that a reflection yeah. of potentially his defense being better than the atrocious year we had? That's a good question. We had,
1: yeah, right? I, I imagine it's probably a, a combination of both. I haven't seen their um their their depth charts break down and kind of what positions they're having in play. But, but Zips has him hitting nearly 300 next season. And yeah, that's just... 296, 356, 457 from Zips. Steamer <sighs> 291, 361, 460. Um, there, there could be there could be potential for Yoshida to get better moving forward, even though he's thirty years old. Uh, you know, this past year was his rookie season in the majors, and maybe he's able to, uh, you know, draw a few more walks as the years go on. You know, make a little bit more hard contact. Um, so. I, I,
0: I think he's also a case of what we were talking about earlier, though, right? Like the Red Sox gave him five years, ninety million, and it's not like you said, like they're not trying to move him; they're not actively. Trying to get rid of yeah, him, yeah, they're not
1: shopping him, right? Yeah,
0: anything. they are <laughs> open to listening to offers on him, but they are not necessarily going to move him. But I mean, I feel like if you're paying that much for a player that you know has a 0. 0.6 fan graphs wins above replacement, like what, what are you doing here, right? And that, yeah, I mean, that's the that's contract the does
1: not look good for right. the Red Sox. And, right well, <laughs> and that's the
0: problem is like he's a great hitter, right? And I mean, he his defense in Japan was probably better than this, and it's more of Playing defense in, in the United States, sometimes when a player, you know, hasn't played in a league, you have no idea what is going to translate well and what isn't, right? They could still be a great hitter, but again, if they can't, uh, if they can't be out there as a defender and offer you that other side of the ball, yeah. then they're instantly not worth nearly the amount of money that you thought that they were going to be. And I think sometimes defense is vastly underrated, right? When it comes to things like having a minus four defensive run saved and a minus Eight outs above average. So it really shows that you are, like, l- pretty significantly behind as far as a defender, or, or or worse than than the league average, right? So sure, I I don't know, man. I just think that uh, for the most part, I I agree with you. I don't think it's a good move. It's a good trade. I think Connor was right about the dollar amount plus giving up assets. If you're going to spend that much, go get Solaire. Go get JD Martinez, and and don't give up the. Assets that you're gonna uh, have to yeah, get I mean, by all, all means, from. if
1: if the D backs have 16, 17 million dollars to spend on a DH this offseason, yeah, don't don't spend it on Masataka Yoshida. Um this would be if the Diamondbacks don't have 16, 17 million dollars to spend and they go to the Red Sox, and they're like, "Hey, can you eat half can of this for six? us?
0: Can you eat seven? Yeah." <laughs> and then,
1: and then maybe that brings it down at the Dbacks' price range, and they get themselves a DH who at least projects moving forward yep. to be better than you know Tommy Pham, to be better than some of those lower tier DH targets out there. Um, but yeah, the four years thing, having four years remaining, regardless of what the the AAV is that the Dbacks would have to cover, that's a that's a lot of years. So it's probably more years than the Diamondbacks would want.
0: Well, we thank you guys for being here in the PHN exports YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed already, make sure to do so sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our wonderful shows go live, uh, leave us a thumbs up. Of course, Gabby Moreno will tell you always to drop a like if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, uh, you missed Gabby just stopping by, but I assure you he did come by to tell you drop a like, uh, if you're listening over there, make sure you leave us a review. We appreciate those five-star reviews, uh, and make sure you're subscribed as well. Uh, a great place by the way that, that, uh, I am a, huge fan of huge fan of lately. Jesse is some burros, mm. and uh, that's because some Burroughs is now in my neighborhood uh, and they are incredible. Their tortillas are incredible. Their food is incredible. Uh, I stop by almost every day for breakfast. I feel like they're already getting to know me by name. They're all, Hey, Bacon, egg, and cheese, burrito. You got it, baby. <laughs> Green salsa. Let's go. Uh, but Sombrero's is a family-owned and operated uh, restaurant here in the Valley and was voted Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant. So make sure to stop by. They have locations all throughout the Valley, including their brand new locations in Goodyear, Peoria, and the one that I go to at I-17 and Joe Max. Uh, visit Sombrero's.com to find one near you. And you can also let Sombrero's cater your next, big, your next meal, big or small, whether you are having any kind of Parties this month or, or just trying to feed your family, check them out. You can order online or find one near you, again, by visiting Uh Baseball season, right around the corner. Uh, our friend Karen sent us a, a picture of a shirt that makes me very much Miss baseball season, much like her. But once it's here, you know, you know where to go. You know to go to game time to get your tickets. You get g- get your last minute tickets uh, at game time because it's the last pl- it's the place for last minute ticket deals. I assure you, I can read, and I'm not broken. I just <laughs> sometimes you need to unplug, Derek. Uh, wait 15 seconds and plug him back in. Uh, but game time is the fastest grow- growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Course, it's very aesthetically pleasing, very easy to use. And of course, you can get the best deals on tickets for concert shows, uh, and of course, sporting events. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply again. Create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We touched on it a little earlier, but Zach gallon was ranked third by MLB Network on their list of the top 10 pitchers in Major League Baseball, which uh, was a little surprising. I was taken back by yeah. it. Jesse, were you surprised <laughs> by seeing him up that high?
1: I was. I mean, we're, we're kind of used to Zach Gallon flying under the radar a little bit. And if anything, people underselling how good of a starting pitcher he really is. And... I don't necessarily think that third you know is way too high or anything. I, I can see how they draw how they drew this conclusion. Um, but it's certainly not like too low, right? I mean, it it's it's yeah, you're that's not a, gonna that's get a us, pretty good that's a pretty good spot for Zach Gallon to wind up in. You're not gonna
0: get the same energy as the Gabriel Moreno uh, ranking yesterday that we discussed. <laughs> but uh, this was very surprising. I I, I have to in, in taking a look at it, uh, I have to wonder. Is this more of a reflection of what they feel like they're gonna be in twenty twenty four? Is this a reflection of just the twenty twenty three season? I don't really know because there's a lot of misses here. And uh <laughs> and honestly, uh it's there, there there's some people that probably deserve to be on this list that aren't. And again, yeah. Zach Gallon, we love Gallen. I don't know if Zach Gallon deserves to be up that high. I definitely don't think Justin Verlander deserves to be up that high. No. Um, but that and that's what what makes me wonder what makes this list. They say top ten right now starting pitchers. The list goes for you audio listeners: uh, Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, Zach Gallen at third, Justin Verlander at fourth, Blake Snell, Cy Young winner uh, at fifth, Zach Wheeler at sixth, Spencer Strider seventh, Logan Webb eighth, Max Fried, ninth, and then Sonny Gray rounds thing off at, at tenth there. Uh, And again, uh, there's some notable omissions. Justin Steele was very good last year. He is not on this list. Uh, There's
1: uh, there's a lot of guys. Kevin Gosman, yeah, Kevin Gosman has to be on the list in my mind. Uh, I mean, Kevin Gosman the last three seasons, uh, 551 and two thirds innings, which is up there with pretty much all of these guys, and he's been pretty darn good as a 132 ERA plus uh, over these past three years. So I think Gosman has to be here somewhere. Uh, Verlander, I agree with you. Uh, what a tremendous career he has had. Absolutely. Um, and still, and, still, still, still doing it at four and, years and old. And still, kind of, yeah, like it, my, at first glance, I was like, okay, it is outrageous for Justin Verlander <laughs> to be number four on this list. And the more I looked at the numbers, I was like, okay, I still don't agree with it, but I can understand why they did it over the past three years. Justin Verlander has a 170 era plus which is way better than anyone else bas- on this list <clears throat> it
0: basically makes him the best pitcher on this list
1: yeah but granted, uh, Justin Verlander is now 40 years old and his most recent season is not as good as two years ago, True. not as good as three years ago. There is a decline happening here. And he was still very good in 2023. He missed some starts, uh, but he still had a low three ERA. Um, but yeah, I cannot project Justin Verlander moving forward to be the fourth best starter in baseball, despite how how incredibly well he has aged over the last few years.
0: Zach Gallen is one of the youngest pitchers on this list, right? But there's still some other guys. Logan Webb, Spencer Strider, younger than Zach Gallon. Um, but what's interesting is you you talk about a three-year average. Gallen is arguably one of the worst pitchers on this list. If yeah. you
1: do uh, if you pull up, you, you get that dang 2021 season there and it kind of messes with all the numbers. Similar to Blake Snell.
0: <laughs> Blake Snell, this three-year average isn't yeah. great, but it's only because one season really kind of messes things up there for him, and then one season was. Phenomenal, you know, but right. uh, Gallen again. I, I I feel like you know this list, and, and Elise says this list has a lot of Scott Boris clients near the top. A little <laughs> thinking emoji, and she's not wrong about that.
1: I that thought did cross my mind, yeah. <laughs> especially especially Blake Snell being as high as he is. Yeah, um, Blake Snell being fifth on this list. Look, I know he just rattled off like the best 23 start span in MLB history uh, to to end the 2023 season. There's a reason he went from being like mediocre mid rotation Padres, uh, like aging guy to the Cy Young winner. I mean, he was remarkably good down the stretch. But yeah, still just looking at the full body of work for Blake Snell over the last few years, as great as he was in 2023. Like I would rather have Kevin Gosman at the top of my rotation than Blake Snell. Yeah, uh, I know that Gosman's a couple years older, but he's been just way more consistent on a year-to-year basis, and from a volume standpoint, Gosman has thrown you know 551 and in two-thirds innings over the last three years, compared to to Snell being down in the in the low mid 400s. So. Uh, yeah, Snell should be lower. Gosman should be on the list, potentially near the top of the list, in my view. Framber Valdez
0: isn't on this list. Yeah,
1: Framber Valdez is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't quite as good in 2023, but he's. 534 innings over the last three years with a 130 era plus i mean that's that's right up there with with a lot of the guys on this list he should he should probably be on here as well
0: i mean uh snakes on the diamond says i feel like the people who put that list together ignored gallon's second half You're yeah not wrong about that and maybe even didn't watch the playoffs that closely uh justin Steele, another notable omission he's been very good over his last two seasons yeah. kodai senga Senga was very good in his rookie season. Yeah, it's I just mean,
1: one year so just, maybe yeah. maybe people are hesitant to like go too crazy with that. Um But what do we do? Yeah. It?
0: Like when we go crazy with these lists we should go crazy with these. lists, <laughs> And I mean, again, in this case, we're almost advocating on the fact that you maybe went too high with Zach Gallon. But if you want to get people excited about lists like this and about Major League Baseball, maybe feature a guy that's a rookie that had a sensational rookie season that made him a candidate for rookie of the year. Even on a year where Corbin Carroll did the things he did, Kodai Senga was still, you know, in the mix for that. Right. You have also yeah. factor in you know, I I don't know, like, yeah, I guess, I guess that's the case. And again, Justin Verlander pulling the last three year stats, that's I mean that it, it validates him being on this list but at this point do we really want to say that Justin Verlander is going to be one of the top
1: yeah. ten pitchers in 2024 that's, when the yeah. season starts and I that's, don't think so that's how I think you have to view it is like going into 2024 like who do you want on your team based on recent performance and and yeah Verlander is just not that guy I think uh, Sonny Gray for as great as he was in in 2023 I I don't see Sonny I, I don't think Sonny Gray uh, would make this list for me. We mentioned a few guys who probably should be on this list. Like, I would probably put both Gosman and Framber Valdez on here over Sonny Gray at this point. Same. Uh, Luis Castillo has a pretty, I mean, like Castillo is just a solid number one starter year to year. He does pitch in a very pitcher friendly environment. And so I think people might think that he's a little better than he is in some ways. Uh, but he's still very durable on a year-to-year basis, and and has been you know tremendous ever since he he joined the Seattle Mariners. Um, but it's tough. It's like this year, right now in baseball, I feel like there are fewer like number one starting pitchers that have like no warts than there have been in the past. Yeah, right. It's well, like Garrett Cole stands above everyone else on this list as someone who doesn't have any kind of like even Corbin Burns at number two he has steadily declined every year for the past three seasons. And then Zach Gallen with the second half that he had and Verlander being 40 and Blake Snell leading the league in walks and, you know, Zach Wheeler being solid, but like, is he really the second best starter in baseball? Like I could go through every starting pitcher who's on this list or even some of the guys off this list and point out like, some flaws in their game or, or some signs of decline. Well, or, let me ask yeah. you this though.
0: Is that a reflection of how baseball has changed as a game with time? Because that didn't really used to be the case when I watched it when I was a kid, right? Sure. That didn't used to be the case when you had guys like Greg Maddox out there. And when you had some of the elite pitchers in major league baseball in uh, during a certain period of time, it felt like those guys were untouchable. And yeah, now we're to a point where we're like, I don't know. I'd pay a hundred million dollars for a guy with a 3.25 ERA, right? Like it's just not really the same as far as like how good the best pitchers in baseball are and how the, you know, the gap between the elite pitchers and then the good pitchers. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like analytics has made offensive more potent and has made pitching a little bit more difficult because there's so much information available out there. And, and I feel like, players batters are understanding the game better now than than they ever have so it makes it harder yeah. for pitchers to achieve a level of of being great and then staying there because the pitcher, the players adapt to you. And then if you don't continue to adapt as a pitcher, you're not going to continue to be at the top of your game. Right. And I don't feel that was the case. I feel like back, back in the good old eighties and nineties, you could just have one pitch that you threw the shit out of. And like, they just (laughs) dialed, you know, it's coming. You still can't catch up to it. Now they know what angle it's coming. How many, you know, what the revolutions per minute is, you know, how, where it's going to break, how it's going to do this. I don't even like sometimes looking at Randy Johnson, striking people out with his slider, You're like, why did you swing at that? My God, it was like three feet low and almost hit your ankle. And you still saw it coming in at you as a pitch that was going to hit in the strike zone. And you swung at it like that's wild. I I don't know what explains that because I don't feel like pitchers are deceiving batters in the same manner that they used to at one
1: point. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Yeah, I haven't I haven't thought about that all that much. But I I guess I, I imagine the data revolution across the game right now. And and what you're saying about players, just hitters in particular, just having access to so much data about what is going to be coming at them, yeah. Maybe I mean maybe it does make it harder for for starting pitchers to be consistent on on a year to year basis. Uh, we do know for sure that the the star, I guess, is, as as uh, Michael said in the chat, the 200 inning starter is going extinct in the next five years. Yep. That's yeah. a narrative that we do know for sure yep. is that starting pitchers are not not throwing as many innings, right? Uh, and major league baseball is is considering measures to try to prevent the extinction of you know the six inning, seven inning starting pitcher. That's something that they view as being good for the game and and you can certainly understand why. like starting pitching matchups are are a really important part of baseball and oh, and a sure. big reason why people target like certain games is like, oh, I want to go to that game or I want to watch that yeah. game for yeah. sure. Um so yeah, I hope for the betterment of the game, I hope that, Uh, Major League Baseball is is able to reverse that.
0: Well, and I mean, yeah, like even even though those two men never actually face off against each other, having those big starting pitcher (laughs) marquee matchups are are fun, right? And I mean, I I don't know. I, I do think that the game is changing. I think that even when it comes to The success the Diamondbacks found this year with bullpen games and things like that, right? Like, a lot of that is because it's it's actually really hard to create generate offense against the bullpen game. If if the guys are on point, they're going out there doing their job for an inning, and then you have to figure out a whole other, you know, batter the next or another pitcher the next inning, right? Um, But I mean, I I don't know. There's still like again, there. Merrill Kelly, he was a guy that a big a a big goal of his was to hit 200 innings. He was successful at doing that. Didn't do that last year due to some of the injuries, but Merrill Kelly might be considered potentially to be on this list. I mean, his last two seasons have been very good as well. So, I mean, Elise said it best. These kind of lists are so subjective that it's hard to really take it seriously and that's what it comes down to. They, it's just, they're, yeah, they're put on the, tough. they're, they're here for us to argue about. They're here for us right. to get mad about. Yeah. This is just, exactly what they wanted. Once yeah, again, just
1: like, just like the MLB like nerds yesterday. thing yesterday. We played just, right into their hands. We're just playing right into their hands. And um, we're going to do it again with beer sales
0: here in a minute. So yeah.
1: Right. right. <laughs> one, one question I do have, um, which is something we really can't answer right now, but like, is Yamamoto on this list next year at this time? Um, you know, I, I, I could see a world in which he is. I, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily expect him to be, but yeah, I mean, given Let's hope kind he's of. Not. Can we <laughs>
0: hope he's not? Is that okay? Am I hating? That is, that if is fair. If I say I hope he's not, <laughs> that is very fair. Uh, that's what I want in my life. I want him to not. Um, am I going to bet against it? Probably not, because he's a very good pitcher. And uh, like Jesse said, there there is obviously something to be lost when you come over to Major League Baseball, when you have uh, the incredible stats Yamamoto put up in Japan, but. Hopefully uh, the loss is more significant. Hopefully we're seeing like a 4 ERA in his future and not being a part of any list like this. But <laughs> I will tell you that you can head over to the BetMGM app right now and put down some future bets right now. If you're if you're feeling saucy, if you miss baseball enough that you want to try to predict the future, make sure to do so on BetMGM. You can download the Sportsbook app now on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com and sign up. When you do sign up, use our promo code of PHNX and deposit at least just $5 into your newly created account and place a wager in that amount or more uh, at a standard odds price. Once you have placed a bet, you will receive $158 in bonus bets in honor of Super Bowl 58, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Sign up now for BetMGM and use that bonus code of PHNX. And remember what I said yesterday. Don't let anybody tell you that your bet that won was a bad bet because if it won there is no bad bets. Bad, winning bets aren't can't be bad bets. Those two things aren't the same thing. But, again, sign up for BetMGM and use our bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the sportsbook mobile application for at least $5. You will receive $150 instantly and in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer.
1: Gambling problem? Call one Gambler. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine New York. Call one 5050 Massachusetts. Twenty one plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred Next Step Arizona. One eight hundred Bets Off Iowa. One for confidential help. Michigan. One eight hundred nine eight one zero zero two three Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario.
0: Suck it, Ontario. Um, T- Derek? Oh, i sorry. I, I, I saw Espo, and he got me piped to say that. Okay. That's their thing. We, isn't I, I it? know. Yeah, it is. It is. He has this beef with Ontario, and he likes to rub it in their face that they can't use the app there. Meanwhile, we sing angelic praises normally about Ontario.
1: I feel like we need we need like a PHNX D-backs road trip to Ontario, Canada, We do. Right? We do.
0: Uh, there's also Ontario, California. That's much closer. We could just go there. I know that's not what they mean in yeah. the disclaimer,
1: but I mean, I'm just saying. It's a nice airport.
0: I've, it's I've, not, yeah. If
1: you're <laughs> p- if you're picking a SoCal airport to fly into, Ontario is not, not a bad wrong. choice. The, the, I don't know if I'd want a vacation there. The Burbank
0: but, Airport also very good if you're flying in. Avoid LAX at all costs. The Burbank
1: cost. Airport is like it's it's like from the 70s. It is it's like stuck in the 70s. The, 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 the baggage claim is outside. That <laughs> yeah, could happen in Arizona. We
0: know it's that. Very strange. It is yeah. strange, but I will tell you. Our friends from OGs has launched two new products with live rosin and Rick Simpson oil uh, that you can get right now that will make uh, anything you do in life better. Uh, they are OGs Naturals, and the big OGs are now available. OGs Naturals are vegan gummies made with live rosin and available in a sweet clementine flavor meanwhile the big ogs which ogs made specifically for me is a mega version of pegs raspberry orange rso which is rick simpson oil uh, one of the company's most popular products it's perforated into 10 slices so that you can share those pieces with other people however uh, it's also just one big old gummy for you to eat by yourself. Uh, don't let people tell you <laughs> otherwise. Uh, like freshly squeezed juice live rosin is created through a pressing pro- process. Uh, the highest quality harvested cannabis is frozen and ultimately pressed to extract the all-natural live rosin oil. It's fascinating to see in real life, Jesse. I mean, it most people like that don't know about the like advancements in weed science would be blown away by what these companies do in order to achieve this. It's it's really fascinating. But uh, to learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them, head on over to ogsbrands.com now. Uh, And big shout-out to all of our PHNX diehards. If you are not a diehard, you can join the family over at gophnx.com. You'll get a free T-shirt as part of your welcome package from the phnxlocker.com of your choosing, as well as all sorts of wonderful benefits, including Jesse's newsletter, the access to all of our newsletters, all of our content, access to our members-only Discord lounge, uh, discounts with our partners, and so much more. So sign up today. Of course, the Discord lounge alone is worth the price of admission. So join the PHNX family now. Uh, and get down in 2024 with us.
1: Uh, Elise says Long Beach is a good airport too. Long, I think Beach we should is. we should probably draft. Uh, Southern, California Southern California airports. airports? Yeah, yeah, that seems like a good off season. We it's, are we going John to Wayne the beach or are we going to Disneyland? Which, which one? Question. Oh, John Wayne is Orange County. John yeah. Wayne is Orange it's County. It's great. It's amazing how many options there, there are
0: a lot. Are. And most <laughs> people just choose LAX and then they pay more to fly into LAX <laughs> no, for a worse yeah. experience. LAX is the wrong It's the, wrong, it's the wrong, choice. wrong choice. If
1: you're flying into LAX, you made the wrong choice. But Tim, guess, Tim said that Ontario Oregon is also a thing. Oh. Maybe we should maybe we do a road trip where we hit all of the Ontarios. Maybe. Yeah, I I think I'm that would down. Be awesome. <laughs> it's a massive and then we, <laughs> road trip. And then we see the sing amount of the, we land we've to in each, in each town.
0: You're going to Oregon soon, so you'll be able to I scout am? it out, yeah, right? Is yeah. It, it, I don't, you're
1: going on one of the I'm going to Portland. I, Portland. I don't think uh on it looks like Ontario, Oregon is basically Idaho. Uh, uh, so I'm not I'm not really gonna be on that side. All right, of this well state, when I go but,
0: visit my friend Josh, who is a
2: PHNX diehard, I will make sure uh, go. to
0: go check out. Ontario,
2: Canada is like where Buffalo is. Yeah. If that's not an easy drive. <laughs> no. The David, road trip that we have out is David's trying to
0: realistically warn is, is us is that this insane. is a bad idea.
2: We're, like, Jesse and I are about to set out on this venture tomorrow. We're going to the Pacific Northwest and then going across all of North America. <laughs> yeah. Can we stop at Banff in Canada? i oh, always wanted yeah. to go to Banff. We can,
1: we can make some great yeah, pit Yeah, let's go. All that. right. Well, uh,
0: I guess we never answered the question that we, I guess, posed to start this show or – uh, I guess to headline this show. But going back to the Chicago Cubs, we know that uh they weren't really a problem for the Arizona Diamondbacks they the way we kind of were almost kinda, a problem. Uh, <laughs> they were almost a problem, but we kind of steamrolled <laughs> them there at the end of the season. Uh, right, but, right. That is true. But the Cubs uh are, does does this make the Cubs a contender? And especially with what we discussed also with Potentially them losing Marcus Stroman. It looks like they're going to lose Marcus Stroman.
1: Probably does yeah. the,
0: the does the initi- addition of Imanaga make up for the loss of Stroman, and does that continue to make them a contender in the National League?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, I, this is a move that I think they had to make. They had to they had to get a starter to replace Stroman if they weren't bringing Stroman back. Uh, that seems pretty clear. I still think they need a bat. Uh, You can't just let Cody Bellinger have the kind of season he had and then lose him in free agency and not replace him. He was a really big part of the Cubs success in 2023. Obviously, replacing Cody Bellinger simply could be uh, signing Cody Bellinger, right? That that would be be one way to go about that. I don't know if that's uh, on their radar at all. (laughs) But um, that's a pretty good way. To, that's like how we replaced Lourdes Gurriel Jr. with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Yeah, right? it's a pretty solid way to, yeah. you know, if you're trying to, <laughs> although it is, I mean, with Bellinger, it's interesting because I, I don't really think that if you did bring Bellinger back that I would expect him to do what he did in 2023. So uh, it might not be as as uh, even of a replacement as, as you would think. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. The, the NL Central is not a good division. Uh very poor division. Uh, you know, I think the AL Central is probably worse, but the NL Central is is right right up there with it. Um the St. Louis Cardinals, I think I see as the best team in the NL Central, as as crazy as that might sound after the season they just had. I still look at that roster and I I see a team that I don't expect them to win 90, 95 games necessarily, but I do think the Cardinals are are the best team in the central today. Um but I you know the you fool, the Reds and the Brewers are are still in there. I, I you know they both seem like right around five hundred teams to me. Could maybe uh get above that depending on how the rest of the offseason goes. And I think the Cubs are kind of in that same place for me right now. If they did bring back Bellinger, if they do add a big bat. Um, that that could that, that would probably at least in my mind make them a better a more formidable team than, than the Brewers and the Reds. I still might prefer the Cardinals at that point, but in the wild card race, I think the Cubs have a chance, uh, and in the division, I think they also have a chance given the lack of talent there. But they need to make they need to make another move. They need to add at least one bat for me to really put them really cement themselves into the postseason conversation.
0: Well, we do kind of come even with the Chicago Cubs when it comes to one important factor, Jesse, and that is which MLB fans drink the most. I don't think this counts for drinking at home. I don't believe this counts uh, for drinking in the parking lot, definitely, for sure, based on where the Philadelphia Phillies are at. But if we could take a look at this graphic, what you'll see here is that according to this graphic, Chicago white White Sox fans indeed drink the most uh, with an average of 4.2 drinks per game spending on average $46 per game on alcohol.
1: Is that, that's one fan that 4.2 is two drinks
0: per game. That is one fan on average drinking 4.2 drinks per game while at the game. That's a <laughs> that's, lot. That's a little concerning. That's a lot. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks tie with the Cubs for, I don't know, I'm not going to count all the way down there. They're about the middle of the pack, probably like 12th or 13th, somewhere around there, yeah. uh, 3.4 uh, drinks per game. But you know what these other teams can't hang with us on even close besides maybe like the twins is the average spent on alcohol because yeah. we know the Diamondbacks are are just killing every other team when it comes to affordable cost of of, of drinks here in Arizona. So your, your 3.4 drinks are costing you on average almost $20 less then the Chicago Cubs fans are paying for their three point four drinks at Wrigley yeah. Field.
1: Yeah. I mean that's I that's big. At Chase Field, it does seem I, I'm not one to, you know, go around the ballpark looking for beer, especially when I'm working. But um it, it, it seems like there is a big distinction between like the value beer and and some of the other beers around the ballpark. Not every beer at Chase Field Correct. is necessarily super affordable. Uh but yeah on the whole the Diamondbacks but make that available. The va-
0: the value beer is a big factor. Value beer I think yeah. it's like $8 and yes it's it's a small guy but sometimes people just want to just want to sip on a beer they're not looking for yeah. a tall boy they're not trying to go out there and get smashed um especially you know here. Uh now the one thing we need to address is the Phillies being at the bottom of that list. They are averaging <laughs> 2.4 <laughs> drinks per game and spending $23 on average on alcohol which is less than your average Diamondbacks fan. There's a clear
1: explanation. There's a clear explanation.
0: (laughs) They're tailgating out front. They're pre-gaming and they're coming into the games drunk. And obviously we've seen that based on some of the interview videos uh, afterwards. But I think Jesse can attest to this, even on some of his interactions with fans upon entering the game. Jesse doesn't go in five minutes before the game, folks. Jesse's going in four hours, five hours before the first pitch is thrown. And you're already out there drunk.
1: What What is happening where I really experienced the drinking habits of Phillies fans was in the Phoenix airport (laughs) after one of the after one of the NLCS games. Uh, This is when the series was going back to Philly. I think I've told this story on the show before, but there were several people. There were a lot of people on this flight. Uh, who were Phillies fans who were just coming over from the game? There were several other reporters as well. It was like we all went from Chase Field to the airport. Right. right. Um, And you checked out
0: of your hotel already. You were going home tonight. Yes, right.
1: Know. And there were several Phillies fans that were not allowed on the plane because <laughs> they had a little bit too much fun at the ballpark, as uh, one of the flight attendants said on on the plane. So uh, uh, that's yeah. delightful. Granted, it's a postseason game. Like those fans made the trip all the way to Arizona. They were yeah. there. to to have a good time I get it yeah um, but yeah there's probably some tailgating happening for for those Phillies home games
0: too. that and see that's the thing is is that I uh, as much as I want to believe that is incorrect that seems to track um, so anyway that's uh, that's you know how things break down but uh definitely make sure that when you go out to the ballpark get yourself some beers uh help help increase that i guess i don't know we want to be number one at everything don't
1: we uh, is it a good i mean is it good if your team is number one because no. i view the white Sox being yeah. number one on that list is like yeah well you're watching the white Sox. Mm-hmm. So you probably
2: do need a couple mm-hmm. more drinks yeah. right
1: yeah. i don't know if that's necessarily a you know a, a
2: positive thing for your franchise. are the white Sox like loki jesse's least favorite team he he only Quip. ever he lo- like he shoots. loves to he loves to yeah burn he the white only Sox. shoots oh. shots at the white. Yeah.
1: Sox. I, did, I did make a joke about was, <laughs> there was a report about the White Sox moving to Nashville and I was like oh but but Nashville already has a Triple A team. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Well, done. It's always it's always the I do throw more shade at the White he Sox. Does. He you. does. They're a pretty easy team to throw shade at. Let's let's uh, let's be real here. I would love to know the impact
0: of edibles on this list as well, but that's a whole other yeah. scientific process yeah. that we would there have we to go. figure out, of course. Uh, well, we thank you guys, of course, for stopping by. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is tomorrow Thursday, Jesse.
1: I think tomorrow's
0: Thursday. Do we do we want to unveil who our special guest is for Thursday? Since we talk about him so often, I, I don't know.
1: You think we should?
0: Yeah, I mean, or <laughs> what, what I could think? do is have uh, I have an AI generated prompt ready to go. And I will just go ahead and write in there, like, uh, and create a video of Jesse telling everybody that Dan oh, Zimborski right. from Fangraphs is going to join us on the show on Thursday at 1 p.m.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan is the, he is the mind behind the uh, the madness that is Zips, <laughs> uh, which we talked about on the show last week. It's still crazy um, to
0: me to think of having your name on MLB.com's glossary of terms as like a Zimborski projection system.
1: Yeah, but that, then the I Z mean,
0: is the part that's like bolded, just to remind my That's the what I aspire to, Derek. Yeah.
1: I really want some some version, some knockoff of my last name being in the MLB.com glossary, the Friedman and, system, and yeah. But what is it? Like, I don't what know. Am I going to? We'll figure it out. I can't come up with a pretty. The I'm name not as is the most important Zborsky. thing.
0: We start there, and then we'll go from okay. there.
1: Okay, right, you got to get more familiar with AI in order to be on Zimborski's level. That's for sure. But what uh, if my projection system is just like me, just writing down numbers? There's no Six. actual computer models. Yeah, It's just you give me the name of a player. <laughs> I
2: write down like, yeah, he's probably going to hit
1: like yeah. 266. 109 OPS you know. plus. There you go. I used to uh, my follow prediction. this
2: guy who uh, on NBA Twitter, he made up like a fake stat and started just saying it like these players were, here was the rankings of this stat. <laughs> and it just sounded like an advanced statistic. So did he get it to catch on? And real like NBA Twitter people were like, using it in their arguments. <laughs> that see that's something we could make happen. Between. It is unfortunate how easy it is Yeah, to pull I like mean, You know I love trouble and you love
0: just stats enough just to be in on that. People so just we'll love quantifying
2: things. So like if they have they any do. ability it's... to they'll be like, "Well, he's 6th in WXBA plus." <laughs>
1: and you're like People oh. just love quantifying things. Damon Farrell. Yeah. That's it. That's now, we're going gonna to hang that on the wall, so. I love it,
0: Right next to Max <laughs> saying of the shoulder is the window to the face i think is what she said oh yeah yeah we got some good we got some good motivational posters to make for gophnx.com anyway we thank you guys for stopping by of course make sure to follow us on twitter for more of this exciting banter i am at cap underscore caveman with a k this maniac next to me is at jesse n friedman damon of course is the people's producer you can find him at damon dog that's d-a-w-g we are damon's dogs Bark, Bark, bark bark Our shows at phnx underscore dbacks, but of course, of course, all roads do lead to at phnx underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for stopping by. We appreciate your time. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow at one PM with Dan Zemborski here uh, with us. Probably not in studio. That's probably a long flight. <laughs> I think he, li- he
1: lives on the East Coast. Yeah, so we'll that just, might
0: be we'll, ambitious. We'll just have him zoom in. But of course, uh, we'll be back tomorrow at one. We hope you guys join us. In the meantime, we thank you for your time today uh, and appreciate you. Remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you don't lead the league in drinks per person.